Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Hope you are having a really amazing day so far. Thanks for spending a little bit of it with me. You are going to love this episode. If you feel like you know all the things to do, but you are not doing them, I know that is a very common challenge. In fact, if I think about Every area of my life that feels challenged right now, that feels difficult right now, if I were to ask myself, is there more that I know that I could do, but I'm just not doing it? The answer is yes, right? I mean, that's just so true. Whether we're struggling financially or with our weight or with our fitness or in our marriage or our relationships, if we were to say to ourselves, are there some things that I know that I could do or I know that I could stop doing and it would probably make a difference? The answer is generally yes. Then we're faced with, so how do we get ourselves to do it or not do it, depending on what we know we should or shouldn't be doing? It's not that, oh, geez, now that I realize I already know what to do, now it's easy. I can just do it. No. It's the doing it part that challenges us the most. Or rather, probably for most people, doing it consistently. Or for a lot of people, thinking about it in the wrong way, getting to the point where we're so frustrated that we haven't done it yet. We're so frustrated that we're still making the same excuses. We're so frustrated that we've let ourselves down again or that it always seems to go this way that we just don't turn it around because we're giving more time and energy and attention to the frustration than we are to the new pattern. Today, you're going to hear a conversation between me and one of the podcast listeners, one of you. And this this person reached out when I asked, you know, is there something I can help you with? And she said, I know everything there is to know, and I'm still fat. She told me she was afraid of being hungry and that she's done the work before, but she's never been more than more she's never been consistent for more than three weeks. And in short order, we busted down a bunch of barriers, upgraded her thinking in a few different ways. And I know that this episode is going to speak to some of you guys who can relate to, I know the things and I'm just not doing it and I can start and I get some traction, but I don't know how to remain consistent. I don't know how to stay in the game. I don't know how to re-engage when I've let myself down or something gets in the way or something in life comes up unexpectedly. This is your episode. So let's get right to it. Hi, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me on this call. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to, to chat and to hopefully um, 
come up with some strategies and some solutions that support you. Thank you. Definitely. I, um, I, re I recently discovered you and I think you are so brilliant. You are like a copy of me and with everything <laughs> that I've tried, everywhere I've been, everything I've done. And I know everything there is to know and I'm fat. And one of the things, and one of the things which is going to sound weird is I'm afraid of being hungry. Okay. I don't think that sounds weird. I don't think that sounds weird at all. So a couple of things. I want to get back to the, I know everything there is to know when I'm fat, but I'll get there in a second. When I uh, okay. put up that Google form and, and ask, you know, from what perspective or story or limiting belief is holding you back, you had said, like, I've dieted my whole adult life, but never for more than three weeks consistently. And then you said, I can't figure out why I can't stay consistent. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Yeah. So when somebody says to me something like, I can't figure out why I can't why I can't stay consistent, I tell them very quickly and very firmly, you're trying to solve for the wrong thing. Like, I don't want you to figure out why you can't stay consistent. I really don't because anytime we say or think any thought, we say any words, we think any thought, our brain is going to work trying to solve, trying to figure out whether we're conscious of it or not conscious of it, it's happening. So when you put forth to your brain, why can't I be consistent? What you're asking your mind to do is give you reasons why you can't be consistent. And that's not yeah. at all what you need. When you said, I know everything and I'm fat. Knowing isn't relevant at all. That's where I think this information age, if you will, of like podcasts are everywhere and books are everywhere and blogs are everywhere and you can inundate yourself with information. It's really distracting because you really don't need to know much at all in order to change your life. And you can know everything under the moon and it's not gonna change anything, right? Like information is not the key. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes, absolutely. So what I wanna start with, with you, is not focusing on the past and the inconsistency, all right? Because when you talk about, you know, I know all of these things and I've been overweight for my, my whole adult life and I'm fat and I can't stay consistent and I've never been consistent for more than three weeks. All of that is you focusing on the way things have been and then deciding that your future is going to look like your past. Whether you're consciously deciding that or you're subconsciously deciding that, your, your reason for the, the barrier, the struggle, the limiting belief is everything that's already done and gone behind you. It's just that you still focus on it. That's true. That's true, because every time I start something new, I'm like, how am I gonna make it different? And it always comes back around to the same thing. And you just did it again, right? 
what I notice in, in people who, who get hung up here is they don't even notice how automatically they go back to a past pattern. That you, you've almost trained your brain, you've hardwired and created a habit of looking to the past to predict the future. You, you look to the past to justify the past and explain it, but you're really doing it as a way of explaining why you feel fear around the future or you doubt yourself or it's not gonna happen or, or, or. You have a pattern that is clear in what you wrote and in the little bit you've said, it is clear there too that you are believing more in the way things have been before than you are believing in, thinking about, investing in, focusing on the way they could be. Because what is before you, the future and what you do later today, what you do tomorrow, what you do next week, what you do next month, next year, all of that is totally wide open full of possibility and not in any way encumbered by your past. You're not limited in any way to the things you've done before, but you're fixated on it. I think I am. The way that I talk about this on the podcast is divorcing the story of the past, right? You have to be committed and it's a practice. It's not a singular decision. You have to be committed to divorcing that story. Look, it's happened. It's done. You know it. You've probably told it to 100 million people before. You've thought about it a million different times. You don't need to mentally or energetically go there anymore. On the contrary, what you need to do is decide how you want things to be and really focus on that on the day-to-day without introducing the story of the past, but every time before and every, all of that has to be severed through practice, but severed because all of our choices are driven by the way we think, right? Most of it isn't even on the conscious level, but when we decide to skip the workout or do the workout, when we decide to eat the cake or not eat the cake, those decisions happen with thought processes that are so fast and so automatic that they're, they're like below the surface. And if your thoughts remain in, I can never be consistent. I've never been consistent. I really want it more than anything, but you know, I, I, I haven't been consistent for more than three weeks and I know all the things, but I don't do any of them. If that remains your thought pattern, then your choices are going to look the way they've always looked. So you have to and do it's weird. And it's weird because I, I heard you say that in the podcast. And it's, what's strange is I do a lot of self-talk that I'm completely unaware of. Everybody does. Everybody does. That's, that's the essence of mindset work. It starts with noticing. It starts with noticing. And there's going to be a lot that you don't notice, right? One of the patterns that I'm trying to change is um, being easily frustrated, right? Whether it's today it was the Terminix guy and I've canceled their service six different times, I swear. And then I get a phone call and a text message saying they're on their way to service the property. And I'm like, what the heck? And in a matter of a second, I went from totally fine to like, are you freaking kidding me? I have to deal with this again. And in that moment, I recognized it. I might not have. There are plenty of things that happen in a day that I don't recognize. 
because I'm doing other things or I'm, I'm just not in a moment of awareness. But I recognized that it was triggering that frustration response that I really don't want. And I was like, I have to think about this differently right now. I can choose the story of like, are you kidding me? How many times? This is a waste of my time. Who do I need? You know, all of that. I could go down that path. But because I want to change the way that I react to those kinds of things, in this moment, I must think about this differently. Perfect. Maybe this is the guy who's finally going to square this away. And thank goodness I'm home to be able to have a conversation with him when he gets here so that I don't have to call and wait on hold and do all of that. Like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I need to happen in order to resolve this. I'm so glad I'm here for this guy to show up. It doesn't mean that I don't still have that initial thought. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to get aggravated by something, you know, later tonight and, and not stop it. But the reality is it is a practice and you have automatic thoughts as well as conscious thoughts of the past pattern. And the ones that are kind of below the surface, you're not going to work on those right now, but there's going to be enough opportunities where you're conscious of it, that you can change it. And that's where you're going to start. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I just was shocked. I was just surprised because I've never had an awareness mm -hmm. of how many choices I make during the day, how much I think of food, how much I make excuses not to exercise, like after two weeks of going really great. But and I want to jump in here because this is exactly what I want you to divorce. This is exactly the story that I don't want you to tell yourself because every repetition is a rehearsal. Gotcha. Okay. So I get that you want to give the context to explain it, but as you're doing it, you're not only describing the behavior, you're prescribing it. It's like, it's, it's like, so I'm sitting here at a wooden table and if I grab my pen and I kind of drag it down the table, I'm going to make a little tiny indent. But if I do that a hundred times a day, I'm going to put a hole in this wood table. And every single time when you just did that, it's another, it's another stroke. It's another knife at the table. You know what I mean? You're just digging that groove deeper. That's what I want you to divorce. You know the context. It doesn't, it's not relevant for the solution. Okay. There's a big difference between wanting to understand something and wanting to change something. You already understand that there are thoughts happening below the surface, that you're thinking a lot of things. You understand that you've made a lot of excuses, but when you go back and you retell that and you replay that, you're rehearsing it, you're giving yourself that instruction again. And that is an example of the kind of thing that I want you to, to completely divorce over time through practice because you can't keep putting in those reps and expecting a different outcome in your behavior because those are the predictors of your behavior. Right. And I don't know why I do that. I, I mean, I would assume that a lot of people do that. Yeah. Maybe as an excuse to justify. But maybe, now let's not be confused yeah. between wanting to create change and wanting to understand the problem. 
right? Because our energy either goes in the direction of the problem or the direction of the solution. It's a pattern. It's a habit. The end. You're not looking to get a PhD in the psychology of the problem. You're looking to create the solution. You only have a finite amount of energy. So every bit of energy that you give to diving into why, how, other people, me only, is energy you then don't have for the solution. That is true. That is a, a fantastic perspective because I already know why, but you're right. I'm looking for the change. I'm looking for the action. The and that's where the end. energy has to go. Like the energy has to go into the solution. The energy has to go into the change of perspective. You are not in any way limited by how things have been. And the only reason that your behavior is looking more like the past than the future that you want is because all of your energy and your attention and your repetition and your rehearsal and your thoughts and your, your feelings are in that past. That's true. And it's quite exhausting because I'm not getting anywhere. Well, it's Groundhog Day, right? You think these thoughts about these patterns that lead to these patterns. So you make these choices and then it reinforces the thing. And so you continue thinking that way. And we've just got to have a pattern interrupt there. And it begins there a, divorcing that story of the past. Okay. So no more mention of it. No more thinking of it. Moving Their forward. thoughts are going to come up. I don't want you to think like, oh, I've screwed up already. Here I go again. Every single time it comes to mind, I want you to think of it as an opportunity to practice shifting, practice switching, okay. practice choosing something new. Because it's, you know, I use the word divorcing the story, but, but the fact is, that's why I call it a practice. You're probably going to recognize at least a dozen things tonight where you're thinking in that old way, where you're remembering a past pattern, where you're in that energy and that's not bad. The noticing is good, right? Because like you said, we all have tons of thoughts we don't notice. So the noticing is good. It's the opportunity. It's the open door. It's the invitation to something new. That's your chance to choose the new thought, the new way. Well, that's, that's at 53 years old, I think I can do that. I know you can do that. I don't care if you're three or you're 33 or you're 83. I know you can do that. I do want to touch on the, the fear of being hungry. Okay. Yeah. First, you can make massive improvements and not be hungry. Okay. So that doesn't even need to be factored in right now. Like that could be just a, a card you play because it gives you permission to eat. But the truth is you can eat healthier. You can get more active. You can do all of that and not get hungry. So it's not a barrier, even though you can convince yourself that it is one. Okay. That's like part one. Okay. Part two is what are you afraid of? Is it the physical discomfort? Do you think you're going to die? Like, what is it? I, I think it, I think it is the discomfort of of being hungry and not being able to satisfy that. Not <laughs> that to need. satisfy that. Time out there. What would have to be the reality for you to not be able to satisfy the discomfort? 
Because you can always, I mean, unless you're like stranded on the side of the road for a month and there's no food, if you get really uncomfortable, you do have the ability to satisfy that discomfort. I know. That's why it's crazy. And I, know, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's unexamined. So if you know, hey, actually, if I feel the discomfort 100% of the time, I have the ability to satisfy it. Like 100% of the time, if I get uncomfortable, I can choose to eat. 100% of the time. You, you know that to be true, right? Right. Right. Then it's not crazy. Well, and I think it just comes from all these diets, all, you know, starvation, fasting, grapefruit diet, whatever. I think it just comes from years of that. Um, that past you know, that we're not going back to? Well, yeah. Yeah. Because, again, you don't need to get a psycho- – you don't need to get a PhD in the psychology of the problem. Right? right. We're trying to work on the solution here. That's you right. said you have a fear that you wouldn't be able to satisfy the discomfort, but you've now agreed that you can, in fact, satisfy the discomfort, right? It doesn't mean you need to have a freaking Twinkie, but you can satisfy the discomfort anytime with anything. You can have a piece of chicken. That is true. That is true. You can have a cookie. That is so that is telling yourself the whole story is a huge part of growth and change. You can freak yourself out like, oh, I don't want to be uncomfortable and then not be able to eliminate the discomfort. But you're not telling yourself the whole story because the whole story is, I have the ability to give myself food when I want to. Like there's not a financial constraint that would lead me to starve. There's not a geographic constraint that would lead me to starve. Therefore, when I tell the whole story, that part of fear of hunger is eliminated. So then we're left with discomfort. Well, there's discomfort every day in every way, right? Last night I stubbed my toe on a nail that had popped up from a floorboard. But the reality Mm. is like after seven seconds, I didn't feel a thing. So there's discomfort, everything. And if you're living to avoid discomfort, you're dead. Because you're going to have uncomfortable conversations. You're going to have uncomfortable bills that come in the mail. You're going to have uncomfortable moments watching a TV show that makes you cringe. You're going to have, like, there's just endless discomfort in life. And you don't not drive, even though you might get uncomfortable in a traffic jam or uncomfortable because somebody cuts you off, right? Those, those things happen and they can be uncomfortable, right? Right. So that goes back to telling the whole story. The other thing about hunger, I did a really interesting experiment, uh, probably, I don't know, two or three years ago. I don't know that I would ever do it again, but I don't really need to because it proved his point to me. I did a seven day water fast. Oh gosh. And I was terrified. Just, just hear me out. No, oh gosh, no drama. Don't invite drama. Not necessary. Seriously, though, that's what just happened. This isn't even anything you did, right? But like, we go to the fear place. So it was a seven-day water fast. And what I wanted to see was what would happen with hunger. 
So when I got really hungry, I would pay attention literally with a timer on my phone to how long it took for that feeling to fade. The hunger did not grow. It's not like on day one, I was kind of hungry. And on day two, I was super hungry. And on day three, I was like incredibly hungry. And on day four, I was ravenous. No, there were like three moments and it's, I did a podcast on it. It was years ago, but there were three moments where I would have said my hunger was like a seven, eight or a nine on a scale of one to 10. And not one of those moments lasted longer than a minute or 30 seconds or something. Like it literally faded even on day six, even on day seven, I don't even think there was any hunger on day seven, but it faded in less than a minute. Now, sometimes when I'm not fasting, I can be kind of hungry when I wake up and really hungry 20 minutes later, and it does grow, but it's not like this thing that's just gonna grow and grow and grow and then I'm laying on the floor writhing in pain. Like that's not even a thing, that doesn't happen. And you always have the ability to resolve it unless you have a food security issue, unless you have some sort of geographic barrier to access to food or a lifestyle barrier that prevents your access to food. But from what you've shared with me, it doesn't seem like that's your reality. Right. So when right. you tell the whole story, there's nothing to fear. Now, if you get hungry, you don't need M&Ms. Right. If you choose foods that fuel you, foods that you love that love you back, when you're truly hungry, you don't ever have to experience an intolerable discomfort and you can also lose weight. The problem becomes when people are turning to like Cheez-Its and M&Ms and Taco Bell or whatever because they're hungry and they don't want the discomfort and they call themselves scared of hunger. They're just not telling themselves the whole story. Right. Right. No, that's not me, but, but that, yes. I, no, I like that. I like that visualization. That's fantastic. Because I think when I get hungry, like, oh my God, it's never going to go away. It's going to bug me and nag me until I do something about it. True. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've never given it long enough to, <laughs> to know that, but, but no, I, I found, I, I have a re, re, I have a new sense of, of confidence now of these of this advice because it makes a lot of sense I haven't done it before yeah and it's, it's very positive yeah and I think that with food we use that like oh I, I think I might be afraid of hunger because it's permissive it's the card we can play that gives us license to eat even if we don't need fuel but the reality is if we look at discomfort, we endure discomfort regularly without turning to alcohol or drugs or what, you know what I mean? Like right. we play this card of I'm afraid of hunger because it gives us license to eat, but we endure uncomfortable things all the freaking time without issue. That is true. That is absolutely true. And that's not an argument to say, if you feel hungry, you shouldn't eat. Look, you can eat. You could eat every time you're hungry and lose weight so long as you're making great choices in terms of quantity and also quality. If you feel a little hungry, you don't need to have a full-on snack or meal. You can have a bite of something. 
right? I've improved my quality of eating. I think my issue is the portion, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm kind of not worried about what I eat because I think I eat healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm more worried about the, the weight. Like I'm not putting on weight. I'm just unable to take off what I've already put on That's no matter how hard I try. You're entirely able. Do not tell yourself you're unable because that is false. You're able. I, I, right. I am able. That's why I seek help because I know there is an answer. I visualize myself, you know, in my thinner days, which wasn't that, I mean, probably eight or nine years ago. I mean, I know I'm capable. I just have to, I'm, you know, it's the older, slow metabolism deal. Am I in the way no, I'm going No, it's not. No, 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 it's not. You told me that you hadn't been consistent for more than three weeks. Okay, I need to stop making excuses. You 100% do. Like, you are, like, this, this goes back to the story and the limiting beliefs and all of that. This is simple. You get to choose consistency today. You get to define what that means for you and you get to execute. But it is not your age and it is not your metabolism. It's your mindset. Completely my mindset. Because and, and, and you, you can't have, be consistent, but you can. You right. just won't if you tell yourself that you can't. Well, I'm going to have to start practicing some self-talk because I've done everything, <laughs> done everything else that isn't working. I, but I do. I guess well, I'm very negative. consistency yet. So you haven't done everything else. Right. That's true. No, I appreciate this new perspective. I really do. I God, I feel so blessed I found you because honestly, I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, well, listen, I, just, I would love for you to, to shoot me an email in a week or two with an update, just kind of okay. how it's going with, with divorcing the story of the past. Cause that is number one. You can be consistent. You don't need to worry about next week. What you did last month doesn't matter today. You choose consistency by right? And you focus on that. You tell yourself the whole truth, not these partial permissive truths, and shoot me an email in a week or two and give me an update. I sure will. And it's going to be a wonderful one. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Thank you so much. It's been a real joy to chat with you. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.